What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, September 15th, 2016, and you guys are listening to episode 272. Uh, I hope everybody is doing well. Uh, I'm back. The show is back. I apologize. Uh, I'm going to get into a whole bunch of stuff of what, what's been going on and, um, you know, just... Uh, some craziness and some some wild stuff that's been happening. Um, so uh, I guess get ready for probably one of the most brutally honest podcasts you ever heard in your life. But uh, you know what? You guys deserve it. You guys are fans. You guys are loyal to me. And uh, so I will fill you guys in on uh, on some stuff which has been going on. But uh, definitely got a lot of stuff to talk about. Your guys unacceptable. My unacceptable um, some NFL football talk. So, uh, we are back. TVE is back. Uh, and, um, let's get into it. But first, of course, we got to get to the sponsors, uh, sponsors of the Verzi Effect podcast, City Living Dog and Coach Mike. Go to citylivingdog.com. Coach Mike, he is one of the best dog trainers there is out there, period. He will mold your dog to what the fuck you want, what the dog should be for you and the family. He does it with confidence, with patience. you got to check out his YouTube clips. Go to citylivingdog.com and follow Coach Mike. All his social media stuff uh, is on there too. Facebook, Instagram. He even does some live stuff where you could see how he trains, hands-on stuff. So please check out citylivingdog.com and Coach Mike. Um, and, uh, it's, if you have a dog and you are having issues, I don't think there's anybody better that, uh, you should be speaking with because, uh, there are certain people that just get it and he is, uh, 100%, uh, one of those people. Also sponsoring the show is drink more good and drinkmoregood.com. Drink more good is basically a healthy alternative to, um, soda with all all organic ingredients, handcrafted herbs and spices, uh, fresh organic ginger, uh, citrus, uh, no preservatives, nothing artificial. You put in the syrup into the seltzer and you make it taste how you want to taste. Unbelievable flavors, uh, fruit flavors, ginger ale, citrus, all kinds of amazing stuff. Uh, they have a retail store and a kitchen located at 383 Main Street in Beacon, New York. So you could check that out. Um, but it's basically, you mix with seltzer water, the, uh, however you want the ratio to go. And, um, it tastes great. It's awesome product. It's healthier. And, uh, that's, that's basically doesn't get better than that. Also, uh, these guys, what they do is, uh, they partnered up with, uh, generosity.org and, uh, oh, and for, um, what's it called? For a promo, put in a good maker for twenty percent off. Also, let them know that um, let them know that uh, the Verzi Effect and Paul Verzi sent you. Okay, and go to drinkmoregood.com. But these guys like helped you know raise money to fill water wells in like Ganda and Uganda. I mean, it's just like these guys are are great guys. They're doing something great. The drink is exploding. So check out drinkmoregood.com. And of course, all things comedy. Go to all things comedy for your favorite podcasts for your um, favorite albums, where mine and my buddy Giannis Pappas resides. Um, If you are a podcast nerd, which you are, go to All Things Comedy. They've been amazing to me and all the artists that uh, work with them. 
And uh, other than the podcasts, like I said, you can get amazing uh, albums on there as well. So go to allthingscomedy.com. Now, as you guys know, uh, you know, <clears throat> I had to take a couple of weeks off of the show. And uh, I first of all, I want to thank everybody uh, who reached out. There was a lot of fans who reached out to me, fans just messaging me, uh, you know, asking what's going on and asking if I was okay because I was talking about the anxiety and the depression and then all of a sudden, you know, a couple of shows don't happen and stuff like that. And, you know, that's part of it. There was a lot more to it than than just that. But um, I do, you know, thank you guys for your concern and all that. It was just so much was going on. And while it was going on, there was family crisis stuff. Uh, I had to miss a couple of shows in the city. And unfortunately, I had to miss Mohegan Sun with Joe Bartnick. Um, thank you guys who came out and, uh, said they came out to see me and missed me. My buddy Giannis Papas filled in and uh, it was just something that I really just scheduling wise, I just couldn't do. And my priority had to be in the right place. Um, so, uh, which it was for that weekend, but, um, I will be out there next time. Thank you guys, um, for coming out and supporting. I, I obviously, I know that, uh, Giannis did a great job filling in <clears throat> and Joe B was Joe B. So, uh, there you go. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, it's just been, it's been a crazy time for me, um, with, uh, with everything, you know, and sometimes in life when I guess family stuff <clears throat> and personal stuff and just everything kind of hits you at once, um, you know, it, it was really tough. And I got to a point where I was like, man, what the, what's going on here? Like, this isn't, something's not right. You know, I need to get my priorities right. I need to figure, figure stuff out. And, uh, you know, that's what I was uh, trying to do. Um, I don't want to get into the personal life stuff that was going on, but, you know, there's definitely some of that as well. And, um, you know, just got, just got myself and, and caught myself in a bad place. You know, I did. I just was not in a, uh, in a really good place. It was a place that I wanted to work myself out of and it was hit me from all angles. And you know, that happens in life. You know, um, it got, it gets, sometimes life gets to a point where it's like, look, man, it's gotta be a breaking point here. You know, uh, just the traveling and the, and the family and then just, you know, all these different things and, and exhaustion. Um, and I can honestly say, I think I, uh, yeah, I think I had a little bit of a of, of a breaking point. You know, I'm not going to say that I had a meltdown because I didn't have a meltdown. I just had a, I had a breaking point. Um, you know, I definitely say that um, depression and anxiety definitely played a part in it, but it was basically accompanied by like family stuff and, and just, just a lot of awful things that uh, I went to, you know, if I could be 100% honest, I went to some places that I never thought I would mentally go, you know, during the stretch. And, um, you know, wanted to talk about uh, mental health awareness to people and just let people know that it's like it's it's a serious thing. You know, um, what was really crazy for me is that there were times where I was talking to people and they were saying things to me like, you know, from an outsider, Paul, you don't sound like you're really... Like, this was the craziest thing to me, if I could be, like, insanely honest with you guys. What was scary and crazy to me, <clears throat> and it's something that I'm working through, was when I would talk to... When you're going through something, you know, when you're going through a... When you're going through some sort of a 
I guess a depression or anxiety or a crisis, whatever is going on in your life, your perception of things is different than the people that you talk to all the time. So I would talk to my wife and I would talk to a handful of close friends and they would be like, yeah, dude, you're not the way you're talking. It just doesn't seem like it's really kind of the way that you think it, like you have it so different. And that's when I realized, oh shit, man, like I might need to talk to somebody like things aren't right, you know, um, and people that love me and that are close to me that were concerned for me were like, look, man, you really need to, you really need to listen to people around you. You need to trust people around you. Um, and, uh, I didn't know what happened. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know if I had a health issue. I didn't know what was going on with me. Um, but I was having crazy, you know, crazy things happen. Like it's getting like depersonalization and shit. Look depersonalization up. I was getting that shit. I was getting, I was like outside of myself. Um, I was on stage. I remember being on stage in uh, Connecticut, um, a few months back or whatever. And I remember doing really well and I was killing on stage. And while I'm up there, like everything was in slow motion, like I was tripping, but I wasn't because I don't do that. So to me, it was just like, you know, what's going on? Like, am I having a full-fledged panic anxiety attack right now? Am I, am I just like everything started to swirl out of control with me and I'm driving home going, man, I got to, something's wrong. You know, something's wrong. Um, and then, uh, to be honest, I'm finally starting to sleep, but I haven't really slept in almost as far as like good sleep. I might, I might've had, um, I know this shit's not even funny yet. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> I just <clears throat> talking to you guys here and I know it didn't get funny yet. So, but fuck it. You know, it doesn't always have to be funny. I'll get, we'll get to the funny. Um, but no, it was just. I just didn't sleep. I probably slept good like five times in two and a half months. So uh, my body was getting crazy and then that was making my mind kind of like semi, I'm not going to say delusional because I knew what was going on, but just everything was enhanced. Everything was, you know, so much more magnified Um, to the point where I had to see a doctor and the doctor was like, look, man, you need, you need 14 straight days of like eight hours of sleep. And, uh, I still really wasn't able to do that. I mean, I got to be a little better, but I wasn't able to do that. Um, you know, there were times where I woke up in the middle of the night and I was just like, you know, do I want to fucking die? Do I, what the fuck is like, why, what's going on? And, and not like really die, but like my mind was just so like, what the fuck is going on? And and that's when I knew I started to get into trouble and I knew that I started to fall into something. Um, and outsiders were going, all right, now we're, now we're concerned. And, um, you know, through, I have to say this through the, uh, through the family that I have and the friends and the support system that I had, a lot of people got me out of stuff. Um, you know, I don't really want to mention names here. Um, but some dear comedian friends of mine who had my back 100%, um, helped me through this, my family, you know, people behind me and, uh, it happens. It happens in life. It's life. You go through shit, you go through shit. Um, but this one's the toughest one I ever had to go through. This is the toughest. 
I can honestly say the last two and a half months of my life have been the absolute worst feelings of my life. Um, you know, not knowing if I was going to die, not knowing if I cared if I died, not wanting to be around people, not wanting to be around friends and family, um, just wanting to lay there, you know, just awful, awful feelings, you know, um, sometimes thinking of my family and I would have all kinds of crazy, you know, feelings and, and the, the love that I have is stand up. And then I was going through something at home in my personal life. And that was kind of taken away a little bit too, where I had to miss some shows. And then that's when I said to myself, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You have to do what's good for you and your family and you'll get back. And, um, did a couple of hard things, you know, I did, I uh, did a couple of shows, went down to the city when I wasn't really feeling up to it and, uh, just got through it and tried to get back to normal and working my way through it. Last night did the casino with, um, <clears throat> Aaron Berg and Joe Bartnick. That was awesome. So yeah, it's just been, it's just been a lot of, a lot of stuff. Like it wasn't like one thing. It was everything at once. It was like life just throwing fucking, just throwing haymakers at me. I was in the corner with my guard up and life was just fucking me up. And it was to the point where I was like, all right, you know, the towel's got to be thrown here because I can't, I can't keep fighting it like this. So, um, what I did was I, I worked through it. I talked to people, uh, I continue to talk to people and, uh, you know, just try to, try to get better, man. Try to not put so much pressure on myself. Um, if you're out there and you're putting pressure on yourself or you have a lot of guilt about shit or you don't feel like, you know, you don't feel good about something, man, it's, it's not real. You know, you need to talk to somebody you're going through something because, uh, you know, I can promise you guys one thing right now. I can promise this, this much. And then we'll get to the funny shit. But I did, you know, you guys are loyal listeners and for a couple weeks you didn't get the show. And, uh, you know, hopefully it continues, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to get through a bunch of stuff in my life and, and I'll do the best that I can, but I can promise you guys this, uh, no matter how bad it gets, it'll get better. No matter where, how dark it gets, cause it could get dark and it got dark for me too. And, um, a lot of people think I shouldn't talk about this on my show. A lot of people are like, nah, man, just get back to the podcast and you don't owe an explanation. I didn't, I know I don't owe an explanation, but I want to, you know, fucking talk about why I haven't been on, on the, you know, why the show hasn't been here for a little while. So, um, you know, that's, that's what was, what was going on. So, uh, thank you guys for your, uh, patience. Thank you guys for your support. Uh, the show is back. I'm happy to be back working through shit and, um, and that's it, man. So, uh, when life gives you any kind of bullshit, just, it's, you got, I mean, weathering the storm is tough though. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's been, this has been like two and a half months of like, all right, is this going to ever, you ever get someplace you're like, is this shit ever going to end? Like, is it, am I ever coming out of this? You know, what's going on? And, and, you know, and then it starts affecting everything. And, um, I mean, I had to have people pull me out of, pull me out. So, and I had to pull myself out obviously, but, um, yeah, so and normally I don't say I don't wish things on my worst enemy because they're my worst enemy, but this, I don't wish this shit on anybody. Um, so 
in closing, if you're going through something and there are priorities in your life that you need to attend to, because everything else is bullshit, man. Everything else is bullshit. Your job is bullshit. You know, I was thinking about that. I was like, fuck everything else, man. Seriously. I love doing comedy. Yeah. But my legacy and whatever I do and whatever I leave in this business, that's never going to top my family. That's never going to top my children. That's never going to top my wife. That's never going to top my home. That's never going to top my, my mental peace, my well-being, my health. None of that shit. You know, all of that faith and whatever you have faith in all of that stuff comes first. And your priorities need to be in the right place. And sometimes you got to get smacked in the mouth hard to understand that. And, um, you know, that, that's part of it as well. So, um, I'm back to 72. Um, talk to somebody, man. Talk to somebody. Don't think that you're not worth nothing. Don't think that you shouldn't be here. Don't think that you don't want to be here. Don't think life sucks and it's never going to get better because it is. You just got to work through it. You got to be around people you love. And no matter how bad it gets or whatever fucking comes your way, you got to just get through it and do the best that you could do. All right. Enough of the sappy shit. That's what's been going on. Okay. Giving you guys the real shit on the podcast back 272. Um... And we got some unacceptables that we will definitely hit up. Um, you know what? Should I do that now? Where are we? Where are we on time? Where is it? How long? Did, all right. I fucking babbled for almost 20 minutes. Um, yeah, I'll go to my unacceptable first. And then I'll get to your guys' unacceptable. Um, my unacceptable is these fucking delivery people again. Delivery guy comes to my house and because he lost the slip, made me sign both sides of it and apologize both times. And I'm like, dude, you come to my house probably two or three times a week. I know you're a new driver. They should have told you that. Then he's looking for the slip. Okay, I'm standing there. My kids are starving. My daughter is starving. He's looking around my lawn for the fucking slip. Finally, he goes, can you just sign this, man? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm just like, and they were already like late. They were taking long. So I was already pissed off at that. And he goes, I'm sorry, man. Can you just flip it over? Can you just initiate this? I got to just make sure. And I'm like, dude, are you saying that I'm not going to pay for my pizza? Like, or that I'm like lying about spending it on the card? Like, what are you doing, dude? It's like, give me my fucking pizza. Have the people that I, that know where I live. I always go to the place. Have them call me. I'm sorry, dude. Can I, I'm sorry. Can I just, let me just get to, what do you want me to, you want me to write you an essay about that? I fucking paid for it over the phone. It's a fucking pie. My house isn't moving. I'm not, I'm not, you know, it's not a heist for this pizza. We're not leaving after this. Give me the fucking food and leave. Unacceptable. Can you just, can you sign this thing so I could, what? So you can what? So you can go back to your boss and they don't think you're an asshole who fucking drops things? Pay attention. Unacceptable. These delivery people. When I was a delivery driver, I had my shit together. You know, easy, quick and easy. Um, all right, let's get to your guys' unacceptables. Here we go. Uh, this is called Animal-Like Parenting from Samuel. Uh, hi, PV of TVE. This past week, I was kicking around a soccer ball with a buddy of mine at a, at a local high school. On the side of the field, there was a father and his daughter that was maybe 12 or 13 years old. Because they had all the equipment with them, cones and agility ladders... I figured that they were part of the team and that they were uh, the first to arrive. 
Uh, lo and behold, 45 minutes later, this dad had strapped one of those fucking parachutes onto this girl and is making her do sprints. Uh, since when was seventh grade turned into NFL combine? Locked this animal father in a cage <laughs> with and force feed him uh, with protein powder. Check out the documentary called Trophy Kids. It follows four horrific parents. Oh, I heard about this. That put all their time and money into their children's athletic pursuits. Thanks for the laughs. Can't wait for your special. Uh, Skinny Sam. Thanks, Sam. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah. Making your daughter run at a track when she's 12 or 13 with a fucking parachute on her back is like... It's like, all right, listen, buddy. What dream didn't didn't you achieve? Uh, Thank you for the submission. Uh, Here we go. This one is to Saints vs. Raiders game, Unacceptable Moms, from Joshua. Real quick, I'll give the shortened version, and both of these moms were Saints fans. Number one, waiting to get into the game, uh, a four- or five-year-old falls down and has a blown, full-blown tantrum. The mom is there basically doing nothing but watch and would occasionally say, uh, Justin, get up. <laughs> now that... Now that everyone is staring, she looks out into the crowd and says, What? I can't beat his ass in public? (laughs) Number two, getting a soda between quarters. I'm behind a mom, her son, and son's friend. Son and friend uh, are in front of me, but behind the mom. The friend looks to the... uh, The friend looks to the friend and says, Damn, your mom got a nice booty. I'm going to hit that. The mom turns around and says, oh, that's so sweet. And I'm probably reading into this, but the look in her eye to me said, yeah, you probably will. (laughs) Keep these animals away from children. Thanks for the podcast. (laughs) And when are we going to get those paid podcasts rolling? Hopefully sometime in the uh, late fall. Uh, It's going to be just two interviews. So it'll just be a sit down with me and another comedian probably two times a week. Uh, hopefully going to do that in November. Uh, Thank you for the submission, uh, Josh. Uh, Here we go. This one, uh, Mechanics Bad, from Jason Burr. Dear Paul, a friend of mine took his Ford F-150 into a mechanic for spark plugs and ignition coils. Mechanic took entire engine apart and damaged the cinder head uh, in the process. Claimed he owned more money for the, owed more money for damage uh, they caused and when he uh, refused to pay for the damage, they create, uh, they created, I don't know, Then you said they created, they sent it back to his, oh, okay, the damage they created, they sent it back to his house with the engine parts on a holstery of the seatbelt. Unacceptable, describe picture. Okay, yes, I see the picture. Jesus. And they just left it there. Uh, yeah, that would be a definite unacceptable. Thank you. For this submission. Thank you, Audrey. Call from vacation, everybody. Unacceptable by Kyle and Rob. Hey, Paul, got some good news here for you. Saw you in Ottawa a while back and was at the show with the crazy laugh girl and the Trekkie couple. Oh, yes, I remember. I remember that show specifically. That was in the other room. Great night of laughs and can't wait for the next one. When you're driving on 
a two-way highway and you go to pass a car and they block you from passing in the opposite lane. They also sped up when I tried to pass a second time so I couldn't get in. Uh, order shrimp cocktail. It takes an hour. The dish takes two fucking minutes. Pour sauce, put shrimp in a glass at a casino, but these animals need to be locked up. Well, it's a casino. You can't expect... Uh, you go to take a piss, walk in, the guy's ass is hanging out. <laughs> He's taking a piss with his hand on his hips. Uh, his underpants and pants are on the floor. No dividers between the urinals. The worst part of all is that the animal was at a movie theater. Some kid could have walked in and seen this guy's fruit cup, Paul. Unacceptable. This guy's an absolute animal. Lock him up, throw away the key, courtesy of Rob Beatty. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> I, that, that, that was a great show you were at, the Trekkie couple. Uh, that, that was weird, too. And they just, they wanted that attention. Of course they did. All right, let's see here. Wow, this is, I know I said big font, but this is huge. The wait for this, this is the uh, t- uh, subject. The wait for this restaurant was unacceptable. Hey, Verzi, love the podcast. Love listening to it on the way to and from... High school football practice. Keep it up, Nick. Nice. Now what I have for you today is possibly one of the most unacceptable things I've ever had to deal with. Me, my mother, and grandmother went on vacation in Boston. I had always wanted to go there since I live in Jersey and really haven't been to any major cities besides New York City and Philly. We did the normal tourist shit, going around sightseeing, taking way too many pictures, and one time my mother even embarrassed me, laughing loudly in public, just because when she asked somebody who worked with the tours uh, where to find good lobster rolls, of course my family runs into the guy with the strongest Boston accent ever, and us being the typical Jersey fucks we are, laughing at it, when meanwhile we say, we say coffee and other stuff weird too. One night, we decided we were going out to dinner, and my mom picked a restaurant she saw on uh, diners, <laughs> drive-ins, and dives with Guy Fieri. It's on the Food Network all the time, so if you don't know uh, what it is, just turn it on and watch it. Yeah, no, my wife used to watch that show at night. Uh, personally, I think the show is all right, but the whole family really likes it. I don't know if you're allowed to say what restaurant it is. If not, it's... Uh, I probably wouldn't want to do that to them, so we will leave that. A small Italian joint is supposed to be good. When we get there, the first thing we see is about two or three couples waiting outside, and we don't think too much of it. Me, my grandmother, wait outside while my mother went inside to put our name on the list. We originally tried to make reservations over the phone, but at this particular restaurant, you need at least a party of six in order to make the reservations. All right? We thought it was strange. And when we asked what we should do, they said, just come in and put your name on the list because they can't put our name on the list over the phone. And uh, to accept a long uh, and to accept a long wait. Uh, this was an understatement. When we got there, we discovered that there were 10 parties ahead of us. And one couple said uh, that when they asked, when they asked, there were four parties ahead of them. They said they have been waiting an hour at that point. So uh, so uh, you do the math. Yep, we waited two and a half hours standing outside this motherfucking... <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, shit. That's fucking hilarious. Uh, Kenny Shack. 
Um, <laughs> me being Italian myself, I feel this prejudice against Italians. I can fucking believe that. I, I can, can you fucking believe that? In this day and age, the worst part was that when looking through the giant ass fucking window, you could see open tables. Yet for some reason, they would just say they were busy. God forbid I'm rude enough to ask why the fuck they're open, but I respect my elders when they said not to mention it. To this day, I still don't understand why they didn't want to go somewhere else. The only part enjoyable during the wait was when I made myself laugh when another couple came up to the restaurant and the lady goes, is it a long wait? And I just simply reply, pull up a chair. Uh, now, while the portions were huge and the lobster ravioli and chicken parm with pasta were beyond delicious and the serving sizes were huge, I honestly don't think it was worth the two and a half hours of feeling uh, like one of the sad dogs in the ASPCA commercials starving looking inside through the window. Lock these guinea pigs in a cage and fry it. Cook it with homemade sauce and serve it with a side of pasta. Sorry this one was so long, but it had to be said. Just started uh, really getting into comedy a year ago and honestly prefer it over music in the chair. Uh, truly respect your craft. Have a great day. And okay. Uh, nice, man. Thank you. Uh, that's hilarious, and I don't know what meal is worth two and a half hours. I mean, two and a half hours, that's got to be a special, special meal. So, uh, it sounds like it was good, but I just don't know, man. That's a lot of time to wait. Like, if I'm going to wait two and a half hours, it needs to be like seven courses. They got to give you like expensive wines to try. They got to, you know, it's got to be like a serious kind of... It can't just be, you know, oh, it's a decent portion and the food's good. Like two and a half hours, that's like fucking, that's like waiting on like a roller coaster without the pass at Six Flags. Like that shit better give you a hard on or be fucking nuts. You know, like that better be a roller coaster you never forget. Like if I'm waiting two and a half hours, I better never forget what the hell's going on. Uh, you know, I would remember that moment. Like, yeah, do you remember the time we waited two and a half hours? Like... Um, thank you for the submission. Those were awesome. I had a funny one on Twitter too. I'm going to try to find, I know there was a couple and we missed some, but, uh, I don't want to do the whole show with the unacceptables. Let's see what we got here. Somebody said something really funny on Twitter. I got to try to find this thing. Uh, do want to talk about the NFL and my New York football giants. Uh, dude, I'm telling you guys right now, I said it before the New York Giants are going to be a problem for people because the defense is not good yet, but they're already better than they were last year. It's going to take them about five, six weeks to be good, okay? Um, and you know what? I'm sorry about the uh, Twitter guys. All right, Blair Stewart said, at GoodStewart17, having a live DJ play hacky loud music, during primetime football that everybody is watching uh, in the only bar in town. Hashtag unacceptable. I agree. Uh, so let's see here. There were some other ones. Oh, yeah. Somebody put... Uh, what was... <laughs> the Aunt Jemima. How the fuck... Uh, this is from Bob Lane at Bobby Lane 1963. How the fuck did they sneak this past me? Unacceptable. Truth in advertising. And it was Aunt Jemima. Uh, and I think they, what did they say? Butter rich. Uh, 
Natural butter flavor with other natural flavors contains no butter. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I love that one. That was a funny one, man. Um, if I missed any of the unacceptables, guys, it's just because the show has been on a crazy schedule, but we're back. So uh, please send them. Send your unacceptables to TVE, uh, unacceptables for TVE at Gmail. Uh, not the number spelled out, unacceptables, F-O-R-T-V-E at gmail.com and tweet me <clears throat> your unacceptables as well. All this stuff, I think I might be starting to get a scratchy throat here. Got that Hillary Clinton. What's going on with Hillary, huh? First it's pneumonia, then it's the flu. Then it's fucking Bill Clinton's acting weird too. My mom made the funniest point. My mom goes, is Bill Clinton like doing stand-up now? Like he's always just like joking and like like crowd-pleasing. Um, but uh, no, back to the NFL, guys. Back to the NFL. The Giants are going to be a problem. I really think so. They're going to be really good. And I think that, um, you know, I think that they have an opportunity to be like, I don't know. I think NFC championship game contention is this. I'm going to go that far. NFC championship contention, I think, is what they could do. Because Eli's got the weapons. I said when Cruz comes back, it's going to free up ODB, which it did. That's already going to be dangerous. We got um, Shepard Sterling or Sterling Shepard, whatever. the That rookie kid is awesome. He already got a touchdown. He's going to be great. Eli's got more weapons. The defense was uh, rebooted a little bit, and they're going to start clicking. I know it's not a big deal to go into Dallas when Romo's not in the game and they have a lot of rookies and all that stuff. I get it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not excited about them because of week one. I'm excited about them because of where they were last year and where I already see them now and where I see them in a few weeks. And let's be honest, my sports predictions are fucking impeccable. Uh, except the Warriors last year, I know. But I love the Giants' chances. Uh, I had a whole thing. I actually recorded like half a podcast last week and then I had to run out of the house and couldn't do it and it was too late. But uh, people wanted to know my take on the Colin Kaepernick thing. Uh, I know at this point so many people have stolen the thunder with talking about that. But for you people that give a shit about what I think, I just think, you know, I think it's a <clears throat> I think it's a desperate ploy for a guy whose career is going in the shitter to just kind of be relevant. Okay? Um, the amount of minorities, people that have fought for this country, one has nothing to do with the other. You're in the United States of America. You're making millions of dollars playing a kid's game. Okay? You stand up for the fucking flag, period. You know, I'm not saying he doesn't have a point. I'm not saying things in this country aren't despicable, but there's a lot of things that are despicable. You know, are you not going to stand because there's crazy kids doing school shootings? Are you not going to stand because people get cancer? Are you not going to stand because, you know, uh, there's injustices and, and yeah, people that are put in power that we're supposed to trust can be scumbags? That has nothing to do with the grand scheme of things. It really doesn't, you know? That's like, you know... He could have a press conference. He could, you know, say something else. Like, he could protest. He could do something else. He could fucking, you know, not do this or not do that. But when it comes to, like, being in a public thing and it's a tradition of your nation to not stand, I, I completely disagree with him. You know, not to mention he's on tape saying racial slurs about African-American people. So how, how fucking serious is it? You know, look... I don't know everything and I'm not always right, but when I see something that is clear as day and fucking obvious to me, I'm going to call it out. 
And that's, to me, you know, to me, that was just ridiculous. You stand up for the United States of America flag. And it's disrespectful to African Americans who died for this country. It's disrespectful to Caucasians who died for this country. It's disrespectful to anybody that has died and fought for you to play fucking football in front of 50,000 people and make millions of dollars and be famous and have endorsements and have all of your dreams be achieved. This country did that. Nowhere else can you do it. And you're going to be, you know, you're going to do that. I, I don't know, man. I think there's other ways to do it. But I'm not going to get crazy into it because I know people talked about it. But people that did want to know my opinion, that's my opinion. It's the United States of America. You stand up for the fucking flag. That's it. You know? And I guarantee if he was the starter, I guarantee you, I would put my money, I would bet the farm on it. If Colin Kaepernick was the starter of the San Francisco 49ers instead of the second-string quarterback, that shit wouldn't happen. Please believe that. And I know I have a lot of black friends listening or, you know, black fans, and and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be disrespectful because they were sitting saying things like, oh, I sit with Colin. Look, I've said it many times. I don't know what it's like to be black. I know that it's in situations, it's definitely, you know, you get profiled and it's bullshit and you go through things that, you know, somebody who's white doesn't have to. I mean, look, the numbers aren't in the favor of, you know, I mean, look, how many black kids did you go to high school with? There's probably a handful of black kids you went to high school with. And whether they want to admit it or not, anybody who is in a minority, it's rougher. It is. You get treated differently. And that goes for whether you're Spanish or whether you're there. If when, you, when you're not in the majority and you grow up that way, you see and feel things that, you know, other people can't relate to. That's true. But one has nothing to do with the other. That just doesn't make any sense. When there were all those shootings, you know, it's like, would it, did, it, did a gay dude not stand up for the flag because some dude shot up a gay club in Orlando? No, because one doesn't have anything to do with the other. Oh, that's right, because he lost his starting job. Gotcha. That's what I think. Um, all right. See, now you guys got me ranting and shit. Uh, this is gross. I got this. <laughs> I got an unacceptable from Captain Weasel, at Captain Weasel. And it literally is a woman's feet. Like, he's on a plane, and her feet are on his hand rest and they're like ashy and crusty and she's just it's fucking gross and like it's on the seat like it's one of the most intrusive disrespectful things thank you for the submission I just saw that I'm glad I didn't miss that one either but back to the sports that's how I feel about the Colin Kaepernick thing you know I just and I get it that they're on a big platform so they can make a statement but not that way not when it comes to the country You know, not the country that gave you all that shit. Um, I missed the UFC fight, but I heard it wasn't great. I just, uh, I missed that. I wasn't able to see it. Um, the Young Yankees, huh? Calling them the Young Yankees. That's what I'm calling them. They're looking good. I mean, maybe not poised for a big run, but I like what uh, what they're doing. Bringing young kids up, trying to redo the thing. That's awesome. Um... And, uh, yeah, man, week two of football. Wait, tonight's Thursday. There's a game tonight. Probably check that out. Um, I'm just fucking drained, man. This has been, you know how I feel? I feel like things are starting to, like, get back to normal. And 
you just get exhausted. You just get like, it's just so much, you know? It's just so much. I need like three or four straight days of like eight hours of sleep and it's just not coming. Because when you have kids, I don't know about anybody else, but here's three things that I know about kids no matter what. They always have to go to the bathroom when you're out at a restaurant. They're up way too early every fucking day and they need and want you at the worst possible time for you. <laughs> it is like clockwork. You can take those three things to the bank. Anybody listening to this right now with kids knows it. It's fucking insane. Uh, it, they're just, it, they are relentless. Uh, my dog Lloyd's doing better, man. My dog Lloyd's doing better. And I think once he gets fixed, he's going to even be better. But, um, you know, it's, you know, it's funny. It's like, well, why, you know, people like, man, is everything all right? What happened? And you're trying to figure out what happened. And there are definitely things that happen and things that happen mentally. But then you look at your life and you're like, all right, uh, you know, you got a career where you run around, uh, you got a fucking two kids, a wife, a house, a couple of cars, a new puppy, cats and shit. Everybody needs to eat. You know, you have all kinds of crazy shit going on in your life. It's like, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess the cards weren't in my favor uh, <clears throat> at that time. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just looking back like, holy shit, man. It's a lot. Life's a lot. Um, so, one thing, uh, too, that I wanted to uh, talk about and discuss on today's show was... Uh, like the woman in your life or your significant other. Here's what I learned. You find out a lot about who you're with and who you're married to when you're like, if you hear buzzing in the background, they're doing the weed, that's fucking Hector and his boys doing the weed whacking here. Uh, so I'm sorry about that, but I can't, that's like through the window. So there's nothing I can do about it. But, um, I learned you find out who people are during time of, of crisis, during rough times. You find out. You find out what your family is. You find out who's real. You find out who's not. The whole thing, man. You do. You really, you truly do. And you go, oh, okay, this is how it is. Or, wow, that's why I'm with this person. You know, um, it takes a strong individual to, to, I guess, stick to the vows how real is that shit? You know, stick to the fucking va- the the vows that you say. Because a lot of people, you know, myself included, you're like, I just want to remember this shit and go fucking eat shrimp. You know, you're just like, this is, <laughs> you know, it, it's part of the deal. It's part of the show. It's a ceremony, but it's part of the show. And this is, you know, what it is. And then you're like, okay, um, now life is happening. You're like, oh, wow, you know. And I got to say, there, my wife uh, got me through some really fucking dark shit. And she was there. My mother was there. You know, my siblings were there. And you got to see, like, that shit. And it was, it was really cool. And then you could see the people that are like, what's going on? Oh, whatever. Fucking, you know, you're like, ugh. Fuck you. Because half the people in your life suck. You know it. Everybody listening to the show knows right now that there are people in their life that are like, yeah, that person, like when it really comes down to it, that's not the, as I was saying that somebody came to mind for me, you know? So I'm sure as I said it, you thought of somebody, but think of somebody, 
You're like, yeah, if the shit hits the fan, and you're like, yeah, no, nah, it's not gonna. That person's not, you know. Um, but you see who's you see who's really there, and it's really cool to see like, um, to see that, you know. And of course, you know, I drove my wife nuts during the thing. Um, I'm dealing with some other shit too. I think. I think my son. I don't know if my son likes his teacher, his new teacher. I don't know yet, and it's starting to bug me. God, I hope none of the fucking people in his school listen to this. I probably shouldn't have said that. I don't know if it's... Because I think they have a couple of teachers. I don't know if it's the one new teacher or somebody. But I think there's like an adult in his school that associates with his class that he doesn't like. And it's starting to bug me. And it's starting to make me feel like, should I go and just fucking kind of let my presence just be like, hey, what's going on? Is everything good? You know, just to know like, hey, my kid doesn't like you and my kid likes everybody. So I don't know if it's it's... Listen, it's basically what I'm trying to say is it's not him, okay? And I got my fucking eye out. You know? Um, Oh, speaking of people that I don't like. Last night, uh, I was on stage and I was headlining over at the casino with uh, Bartnick and, and Aaron Berg and we were over in Yonkers at the Empire Casino. And I tried to get on stage as much as I can during, uh, during everything that's been going on. But, uh, you know, I was worried about rust and everything like that. And, you know, I had to do like 45 minutes last night. So I do it and everything is going great. And there was just this two tables next to each other just talking. And, you know, casino crowds, some young, some old, some couples, some singles, just, you know, randomly spread out. And this table just would not stop talking. And finally, I just had to fucking stop and go at them. And shit got hairy. It was this black woman and she's just yelling and I was just like, can you stop? And she's saying this and, okay, boo-boo, okay, boo-boo. And I'm like, listen, stop with the fucking boo-boo talk and all that. And then I said, if you were my daughter, I would take you outside and slap the shit out of you. She took that as me saying, I'm going to take you outside and slap the shit out of you. So she's like, I like to see you try. And I was like, I said, if you were my daughter. And then this whole fucking thing starts going and it's like towards the end of my set. And one of my favorite things to do, especially when I'm in a casino, is shit on the crowd in front of Joe Bartnick. Um, Joe Bartnick's one of Joe, ask Joe Bartnick what one of his favorite things in comedy is, and he'll tell you, he'll say, watching Paul Verzi just dismantle a crowd because he just is angry or doesn't like them. And I was calling him, I was like, you people, half you people are nice and smart, the other half of you people are fucking dopes who should be ashamed of themselves, right? And I'm just going in, and Bartnick is just laughing, but it got hairy with this one table. And then, when things would settle down, and I said, can you guys just, you know, I need you to stop talking, and I'm having a great time on stage, and then they just went right back to talking, and right back to talking, and it just turned into the same thing. And it's just like, enough. Like, why do you do that shit And here's the worst part, and this could be an unacceptable. One of the employees of the casino, one of the servers, was in between the two women, talking to them, trying to hit on them while I'm on stage. So I actually stopped and said, you know something, it's fucking this asshole's fault. Between you guys in the back, they're trying to get laid on my fucking time. I said, I didn't put my fucking Jordan Cement 1s, Cement 4s on for this shit. I traveled here for you fucking dopes to to talk during my shit. And like 95% of the people loved it, but this this one thing. And she's going, you do you, boo-boo. Do, and I'm just like, ugh. 
Is anything worse than just a fucking dummy? It's like, you're out. You're out. That's what I said. I go, have you people been, act like you've been out before. Unbelievable. It's fucking ridiculous. I don't understand it. Do you, boo-boo? Oh my God, I wanted to fucking pull my dick out and piss all over her table and her fucking forehead and then just put my dick back in my pants and go into my closer. That would have been the best way to end that show. Just fucking hose her off with piss. Just tell her to get the fuck out of here. Casino didn't help out. By the way, shout out to the police that are in the casino. Shout out to Vincent and, uh, and, uh, oh man, what was the other guy's name? I forgot the other guy's name. He told me his name. Uh, cool guys though, man. These cops come up. Hey man, I'm a fan. Listen to the show. And, uh, they were like, yeah, man, you had to deal with those animals. They were really, really cool, but it was awesome. It really was. Uh, it's so cool when cops walk up to you and they're like, Hey man, I'm a fan. Or I listen to you. I was like, cause I was like, what the fuck is this guy going to say? You know, I got two cops coming up to me. I just shit on the casino that hired me. I started yelling at people and telling, you know, and then these two cops come up and they're like, hey, do a great stuff. And I was like, oh, this is awesome, man. This is fucking awesome. There is nothing better than a cool cop. I know there's been a lot of shit going on with cops lately, but let's talk about a cool cop. You ever get pulled over by a cool cop? Because there's no fear. Like when you're alone on a road and a cop is like, you know, two car lengths behind you just staying there. And they let you wait like at least like a dozen football fields. You're just sitting there. You're like, oh, it's over. And then the lights come on. It's just like a slow motion doom coming at you, right? And then when the cop is like, all right, what were you doing? Come on, man. You don't need to do it. Just here, do this. I don't want you to get in trouble. Just, you know, and then you're like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. So uh, these, yeah, a cool cop is the best. I know half the black dudes listening to this just turned it off. Like, fuck this. Um, <laughs> I saw Jeff Ross uh, roasting cops. Fucking joke that was. Don't get me started. I'm not going to sit here and start shitting on anybody. I don't really know Jeff Ross, but I mean, enough with roasting. I'm serious. Is anybody done with roasting? Let's roast this. Let's roast that. You're so ugly that this dead celebrity I'm going to mention looks like you. Oh, he did it. He fucking did it. It's fucking stupid. It's fucking dumb. It seriously is. It's, it get, it's grow up. Yeah, well, Jane Doe's wife, <laughs> John Doe's wife left him. But she's now sucking so-and-so dick because eh, it's just like, really? I, I'm, I'm, look, I got friends that do it and I'm not trying to shit on the roast battle all the time. I know there's a place for it, but have you guys noticed that the people doing it, the majority of the people doing it, nobody ever fucking heard of? They're clearly, like, clearly taking advantage, clearly taking advantage of you know, unknown comics trying to come up. And I get it. And if I was an unknown comic and I was only four or five years in and they were like, hey, do you want to do this to get on this good show? I would do it too. So you can't shit on them. They're trying to make a name for themselves. But I just find it, it's like, can anybody, does everything have to be a theme now? So did you do the, uh, did you do the uh, pull your dick out show? Yeah, yeah. Every comedian goes out at one point during their act. 
you know, they just got to pull their dick out real quick and flash the crowd and the crowd's got to be paying attention the whole time. And if they catch it, they get a fucking pro- It's like, it's like, can anybody do the, can anybody get, go up and do fucking stand up? How about this? How about you go on stage, you grab the microphone, you tell funny jokes, then you put the microphone down and you fucking leave. Can you do that? No, it's got to, you can't do that because that's not, because that's not, it's not in anymore. No, we're going to fucking roast people in a park. Look at this guy. What are you fucking divorced? Sitting alone. You Look at you. This guy's fucking feeding the ducks over there like a loser. Fuck, what, she take you for everything you're worth with that fucking hair? I bet she did. <laughs> it's just so stupid. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I just, you've made more bad movies than fucking Miramax. <laughs> and everyone, you were great. You were fucking, you were great. Now, I don't want to shit on it completely because I just did a television show called Comedy Knockout, which you guys are going to see in uh, November or December. I did Comedy Knockout. And, uh, you know, it was me, Josh Wolf, and uh, Gina Yashir. I'm not going to give it away. I will tell you guys I went in. I was raw. I don't know how they're going to edit it, but I went in. And, uh, you know, the uh, I'll just give you guys this. This is what I'll tell you guys, Okay. This is inside information that I'll tell you guys. When I, I did season two of Comedy Knockout, Comedy Knockout's on True TV. I think it comes on right before, right after Impractical Jokers. I did season two, uh, and the competitors I was with was Josh Wolf and Gina Yashir. And uh, I'll tell you that from what I heard, executive producers of the show, some were saying that out of all the two seasons that that episode was one of the tops across the board, okay? Now, I'm not going to say if I won. I'm not going to say if I lost. I'm not going to say if I came in the middle. But I'll tell you one thing. I went in and I had fun. But you know what? It wasn't really roasting. It was like little, like, jabs, you know? Like, it was just like little, quick, little, like, like you're sitting at home. Like, that's different. Like, that's like not writing. You know what I mean? Like, you're sitting down with somebody and you're just like, Jesus Christ, dude, how the fuck are you going to get those jeans off tonight? That's different than like, you know, you look like Ben Stiller if he took a fuck. Like, and you notice like every time, every time there's a roaster who's like really getting into it, they yell, right? <laughs> That was funny when Beverly Hills Cop was in the... And they just yell and it's just and it's always, it's just something that like a friend could have thrown you. Like, oh yeah. And if you're roasting Jeffrey Ross, make sure you say this and he looks like this and everybody goes nuts. And shame on the Comedy Central crowd or shame on the people in the crowd that laugh that hard at fucking shit. And I'll tell you something else, dude. That aunt, I didn't see the whole roast of Rob Lowe. I just watched my friends, uh, Pete Davidson and all that. I love Pete, and, you know, look, if they asked me, hey, do you want to go roast for fucking a couple hundred thousand, I would fucking do it, but, like, this whole, I'm, I'm more talking about the, the way the jokes have been dumbed down, the way comedy clubs are doing roast battles constantly, you know, but I want to talk about the Ann Coulter thing, too, it's like, first of all, why would she agree to do that? She's got to know that everybody, I think what she did was, I think she did something smart. It took me a second to think about why she would do it, right? Why would she do it? Think of it. Let's think about this logically. Why would Ann Coulter 
go on TV on probably one of the most liberal channels, uh, comedy in, in, in New York and L.A., and, and that's where they have those things, right? Why would she, Ann Coulter, of all people, very conservative, says, you know, supports Trump openly, and very, which is, there's nothing wrong with. I'm just saying, like, she's, she's going into, you know, it, it'd be like a 74-year-old white dude, you know, going into like a rap battle. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And then I figured out what she did. I think she's got like 11 books or she's got like, she's an author of a ton of books that go like New York number one bestseller, right? So what she's doing is she's getting her sympathizers and her supporters to see her in a shitty situation, get buried, feel bad and feel like, why the fuck would they do that? That's bullshit. And she's probably in the process of a new book right now. And the new book is going to come out and she figures, okay, this is going to come and support me more. That's my prediction. That's what I think happened. It's the only reason why. Because, you know, nobody's laughing at her jokes. She obviously can't deliver a joke. And she's basically just a, a bullseye. She's a target. So, you know, I don't know. Roasting is, to me, it's, it's played out and it's starting to become hacky. It really is. It's starting. I can come up with a roast joke right now that would do decent on Comedy Central Roast. I'll try. Let's pick somebody, okay? Let's pick somebody. All right. Um, all right, ready? I swear to God on my family, I just thought of this. I swear to God, I am not... Everything that is holy, I swear to God, I just thought of this. But let's say I was roasting Shaq, right? Here's, here, here's something that I literally thought of in five seconds. It's not a great joke. It's a bad joke. But it would be decent in a... Like, it would get laughs at a roast. If you were like... Shaquille O'Neal looks like if the guy from Green Mile fucked radio. You know, the fucking radio, the football, the fucking Cuba Gooding Jr., like something like that. People be like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. It's, it's ridiculous. I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I think that you have to choose the right people to roast, and it's got to be your friends. You know, the way Dean Martin did it. Like, I would roast Bill Burr only if it was Bill Burr, me, Joe Bartnick, you know, Jason Lawhead, a couple other people that are close in our circle, and it was all, like, fun-loving shit, joking shit. Not like, you know, this guy fucked, uh, fuck it, you know, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I know... And I, you know, I said before, you know, I was talking to Mike Lawrence, comedian Mike Lawrence, who won the roast battle, and that guy fucking deserved it. Because he loved it, he took it seriously, he wrote serious about it, and he took it seriously. And there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying, like, I just feel like it's always going to, we need more women, we need more minorities, we need more theme shows, let's do karaoke, let's fucking be naked, let's fucking tell stories, let's fucking rhyme, let's do poems, let's do every fucking thing we could do, and it just seems like, okay, when is it just going to get back to normal? You know? Trying to reinvent the wheel of something creative, I get it, but when is it just like, let's tell jokes? Um, I did not see any movies, guys. Did I see any movies? No. No. Uh, I want to see Sully, though, because you guys know I'm, I'm just fascinated and I find aviation the craziest thing in the world. So, um, you know... I, I got to see that. 
I live in New York. I remember that day. I want to see that slave movie. I don't know if anybody did see it, but I want to definitely see it. Um, so I do not have a movie for you guys, but I will get into the plugs. Uh, shit, we're an hour in already. Uh, feels good to be back. Hope you guys are enjoying episode 272. Verzi Effect Podcast is back. Um, plugs. Well, next week, next Wednesday, I will be at the Tempe, Arizona Improv. Headlining. Uh, have not been out to Arizona yet. I'm looking forward to that. It's a Wednesday night, but get tickets. I'm working on the new hour, having a great time. Then I will be at the Big Pine Comedy Festival in Flagstaff, Arizona, the 22nd through the 24th. So this week, I am in Arizona Wednesday through Sunday. Come and check it out. Go to the website. You could check out all those dates. Um, again, I do apologize if uh, you know I missed you at um, Mohegan Sun, but I should be back there. Uh, things are, you know, things are getting back to normal, working things out. And, um, there you go. What else? What else do we have here? Um, October, I'll be headlining, uh, in Saratoga, New York, uh, October 12 through the 15th at the Saratoga Comedy Club. Is that Comedy Works in Saratoga? Uh, October, yes. October 12th through 15. More dates are being put on the website, so you could check that out. I'll also be putting on um, uh, my dates on uh, Twitter as well, so you can uh, get those dates there too. Um, there are two people out there that I owe merchandise to, and they will get them. And I want to apologize about that. If you uh, went to the website and bought a TVE poster or and or a CD, uh, those will be sent out to you. Uh, my apologies. It is, uh, it's been crazy. And I know that, uh, there are two people out there right now who do not have them. I'm sorry about that. You will get them. You will get them. As a matter of fact, I'm going to throw something else in because you waited so long. So I apologize about that. Um, go giants, of course, the G men. And, uh, that is it. That is it. Stand during the national anthem. Uh, this has been episode 272. Go to paulverzi.com for more dates. Follow me on Twitter at paulverzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I. Until next week, I am out of here. I hope you enjoy the show. If any of you people are going through any shit in your life right now, talk to your loved ones. Trust your doctors. Trust your friends. If you need meds, it's okay. If you don't want meds, that's okay too. Just be well. Be healthy. You know, be present in the moment. Get through it. You know, that anxiety and depression can't kill you. You can kill you, but the anxiety and depression can't. You got to want to get through it. You got to want to get through it and fight through it, you know, and, and get through the, the, the rough times. And uh, if any of you guys have any issues with that, um, write me, and I would, be, uh, I would be more than happy to talk to you about it. Absolutely more than happy to talk to you about anything that you're going through, anything that I can, you know, help with. Because uh, I've been through it. <laughs> I've been through it cr like crazy. So um, take care. Be well. And until the next episode, I'm out of here.